Hey guys, welcome to the We Need to Calm Down podcast. I'm Devin. And I'm Joe. And this is the show where we talk about all things Taylor Swift. That's right. This is the show where two friends finally get to let their dedication to the six-time 2021 Grammy nominee Taylor Swift fly. We'll be discussing everything from song breakdowns, Taylor news, and our insane fan theories. That is right. But this week is an episode long time coming. But before we get into that, we want to discuss, there's a lot of news Mm -hmm. happening with Taylor right now. So we have like three pieces of mildly big, like not big enough for an episode, but like big enough that we'd be remiss if we didn't mention it. Like Tay updates, Tay news. uh, We got to come up with a snappier name for it. We will. We will. In the future, we will have a snappier name for the news segment of this podcast. (laughs) But... So Swift one, news. Like, is that a thing? Well, no, but just it's swift, like oh, because it's quick, like quick it's, news. I like that. Swift news. I like that we're. I like that we're. We're doing <laughs> Brainstorming our, like, our company meetings on on podcast time. <laughs> yes. Okay. So Swift news. Swift news. Uh, we have number one. Uh, I don't know if you remember a while back <laughs> the theme park Evermore. <laughs> So, what state was that in? I don't even I remember. I think it's in Utah. Some, like, I want to say it's yeah, in Utah. Some irrelevant theme park that no one's really heard of until this suit comes into play. Sue's Taylor Swift. As a big nerd, I did hear about it through, like, I think there was, like, a BuzzFeed article, like, a couple of years ago about, like, uh, D&D or, like, just Sky Elder Scrolls Skyrim-style questing thing and i was like oh that looks pretty cool uh but the, the, yeah they're called evermore, evermore. theme park <laughs> and they sued and i will say this as someone who who like did a lot of research for this podcast and coming up with a name and stuff like that making sure that we don't infringe on any trademarks or anything like that mm-hmm. the one thing i found i'm not a lawyer by any means but if as long as you aren't in competing uh what was it competing businesses you can use the same name. Well, yeah, because it's two entirely different. It's an album, a musical album, and then an amusement a park. An amusement park. They're literally, they couldn't be more different. And the so the story ends up going that they sued Taylor uh, for the name specifically for a couple of reasons. Number one being that they sold the name. Number two being... <laughs> that they bumped their SEO in Google's search results down, which, like, that just means if you come up with a name, if you can get your your Google search results removed, you can get sued. Ridiculous. Uh, I think that's the definition of the term baseless. Oh, yeah, baseless is exactly what Taylor's team called it. I'm trying to find Mm -hmm. the exact songs. Here we go. Okay, so for this baseless and frivolous lawsuit, that they're saying, they go, you know what? In true Taylor fashion, we're gonna counter sue you because the park was using some of Taylor's songs without her permission, including Love Story, You Belong With Me, and Bad Blood. That's so fascinated me too, because like, again, this is a fantasy themed park. Why is Taylor Swift playing? Like, you feel like you'd only hear like lutes and like, like old time music from like, like the middle, like the mid-century or whatever. Because like, baby, now we got bad blood. <laughs> I just like you're like fighting a dragon or something on a quest in this place, and suddenly Kendrick Lamar starts rapping at you. It's so funny too because this lawsuit came. I don't know what time in 2019, but forevermore it came. I guess December of 2020 when the album was released. This suit for um the infringement on her songs started in 2019 bmi reached out and was like hey you know you can't you can't do this uh you don't have permission to do this and they couldn't reach them but now that everything's up in the public it's like oh hey you're gonna you're gonna sue us funny enough boom also i think it came out that uh the owner of the park was like owed construction company like millions of dollars of course that they couldn't pay because of covid and everything like that which is sad mm-hmm. yeah. like all that stuff but like it's less sad when they realize oh how can we make those millions of dollars just sue a um, very successful recording artist yeah uh so that's piece of news number one piece of news number two is uh gasoline remix by haim came out Yes, with Taylor Swift, unfortunately, or fortunately, not just doing background vocals. She has a whole mm-hmm. verse 
dedicated to her. That was like that was like the running joke that that Heim was gonna get her back and Taylor was only gonna sing She Did It in the background of this song. <laughs> Just little background vocals. Oh no, but she she shines on this song. There's a couple really good points. I know that I liked it right away. I don't think that you did. I actually hated this song right away. It was not my vibe. It's a I, I described it to a friend. I said like it was a very it's a very West Coast music vibe, mm. at least in my opinion. It, it reminds me very much of like a Lana Del Rey, very like sway and like beachy. And I was like, if I'm on the beach, sure, but like I'm not on the beach, I'm like very sad in my house. So I was like, so I wasn't really feeling it. And then just over time, I just started listening to it more and more and found it caught in my head. And it. It's one of my favorite songs at this current moment. I love that Taylor thought, when they talk about having her on the album, Haim said that Taylor thinks Gasoline was like the best song on the album, and that's why they invited her to be on this remix of it. And you think about the nature of the song. This song is very, I mean, I don't know. Yeah, very sexual. I'm like, damn, mm-hmm. all right, Taylor, false god over here, just... <laughs> I didn't realize it, too, because that's the other thing about this song is, like, the lyrics feel like an afterthought Mm. to me when I'm listening to it. Like, to me, it's just a vibe. Like, I'm listening to this song, and I'm just vibing. I'm not really paying attention to what they're saying. And then when I started to pay attention to what they're saying, I'm like, wait a minute, Taylor curses in this song? Mm Mm-hmm. Like, I didn't realize that until I literally looked up the lyrics. And then, like, I looked up the lyrics, and I read, like, breakdowns of it. And I'm like, that's what this song is about? Um, little okay. saucy Swift over here. Yeah, it was it was interesting. I mean, I, I never thought of it like that. It doesn't make it bad. Doesn't make it good. Mm-hmm. I just I I still like it. Still a vibe. Still throw it on when I'm like looking to chill or relax or something. A very relaxing yeah song. I I think it is interesting. Like Taylor is one of those artists that no matter what she puts out herself. I will like it on the first listen, mm-hmm. I think. I, like, there are a lot of artists that put out songs that I'm like, it takes me a little bit to to end up liking it. And I might have said that when I first started listening to this song. Mm-hmm. But Taylor and I think Halsey is, a, is the only other two artists that, like, first listen, I'll like what I put out. So that is Swift News number two. Number three piece of information that we recently got as of yesterday, actually, on Friday, the 26th, is that, unfortunately, I don't, I guess she's canceling her lover tour. I had this discussion with my friend because it doesn't say outright that all tickets will be refunded and that the the show is, like, officially canceled. It just says that at this time we are unable to reschedule. I think that means I think that's like the the PR way of saying mm-hmm. it's canceled but because you don't want to use negative terminology. Yeah. And she did mention like refunds have been available for a while mm-hmm. now. Yeah. Uh and if you were if you were holding on like people were holding on to tickets just hoping mm-hmm. that it would get rescheduled and like I have a I have a concert coming up that I think is going to get canceled in general uh which really sucks. But I, I think that's where she's at. As someone who didn't have tickets to this, I'm not too upset. Yeah. But it still sucks that, like, it's weird because now Lover lives in this realm where it didn't get a full concert. And granted, it's also still weird. Like, Loverfest is, like, an interesting, and by interesting, I mean very weird situation because we still don't know what that would have been. Mm-hmm. Like, she gave us so little information on what to expect from Loverfest. Like, we didn't even know if that was even a concert. Like, she never came said, like, yeah, we're going to do a concert. I'm going to perform a concert. It was just like, no, this is a festival yeah, celebrating I think it was Taylor. Be a day-long festival, probably with some other things than just music, like experience-based things. But Which I think would be cool. I'm not saying it, but, it, like, I trust Taylor. I'm not mm-hmm. saying that she was, like, trying to dupe a bunch of people. But, like, it's still just weird. Not only did we know so little about what this experience was going to be, in a way, I don't think we'll ever know unless there, unless it comes out in another documentary or something. Yeah, and I don't think that's a bad thing. I think that I for people who are anticipating going, hurting would just know hurt or knowing would just hurt a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I think it's going to make whatever concert she comes up with next is going to be. I I, I can't even fathom. Like mm-hmm. I can't even think of what she would end up coming up with so i don't know it's it it sucks for for ticket holders and uh, like that's very upsetting 
especially if you were really holding out hope. But it, I mean, it makes sense with where we're at. We're just not in a place where we're going to be able to do a concert of that magnitude in a really long time. Yeah. So that is all of our Swift news. So what are we talking about on today's Typical Tuesday episode? This is a long time coming. We have actually been planning to do this episode for weeks, I think, but we just kept pushing it back because of other episodes coming up. But we have finally put together our definitive rankings forevermore. And we actually added a bunch to this episode. If you are fo- if you've been following us for a while, you know that generally we will do a power rankings every week for the first 4 weeks that a, sh- a new album comes out. And then about, we try to let like marinate in the new album and really let it sink in. And then we will do an episode that depicts exactly where we think all of the songs rank on our personal scales. This, we, this, this one is an odd episode in that genre just because we have a whole era, like sister album era here. Mm-hmm. So we decided to, in addition to going through our final rankings and running down the same... Uh, let's say run of show that we did for the folklore episode we combined at the end uh, our rankings for both folklore and evermore so we can see definitively what songs we like better from each album if there's anything interesting we can pull out of that so why don't we just go into it and just start with talking about our new list like what do we have any big movers and shakers has anything changed from the last rankings that we put out it's so interesting because i feel like this album was very consistent like there was a good amount of fluctuations which we'll get into a little bit later but for the most part mine stayed pretty much the same it's it's interesting for me like there are like one or two songs that really jumped up and down but most of my fluctuations were within three Mm-hmm. of each other like nothing really went from like 11 to 2 or anything like we saw in folklore but the thing that i think is the most interesting is this is the first album and granted we've only been doing this exact thing for two albums now but this is the first album where i've had a clear number one that has not wavered has not changed for the entire duration of since release to now mm-hmm and I think that's real. Considering someone like me on the last one, I gave so many flux. I <laughs> I changed my opinion every week dramatically mm-hmm. on folklore. And this album, I still changed my opinion a decent amount. But to have one that that I had, I had zero fluctuations for my number one song, and that's insane to me. Yeah. I mean, for me, I was pretty much the same. I think that for my number one as well, I didn't really have any fluctuations, I want to say. I don't think so either. No, the, no fluctuations. at the end. No. So the really interesting thing for me was that for some songs, I gave a lot of flux, but they ended up in the exact same, if not one place off. Like, for instance, Champagne Problems. I won't reveal where it is yet. But I had it changed 15 times, and it ended up just one space away from where it was initially. And That's then, so funny. Uh, Tolerate It had 12 flux, ended up the exact same spot. Yeah, so what was it? Seven songs ended up the exact same ranking out of the 17, and then five ended up within three places of the original ranking. So I guess that That's means trust crazy. your instincts from the first time around. My, might, I don't have any of that. That might be, for me, just gaining an appreciation of the other song. So you listen to it. Wow, this is my opinion. And then you say, okay, well, I'm going to delve into it. And I'm really, I'm going to go through the, the motions of this song is now my, my favorite at the moment. This song is now my favorite at the moment. But when you look back on a cohesive album, this ranking is pretty much the same as it was in the beginning which I find very interesting. I love that too, because like w- it, when we were ranking these albums for the, f- or these uh, songs for the first time, it's always a nightmare mm-hmm. because like especially this album. And we've mentioned it a lot with this album where like the quality of song on this album is so hard to differentiate between the, the songs. Like I, we, we think there are definitely some songs that rise to the top, but the rest of the songs are just like so close that it's just very hard to differentiate 
where they should go mm-hmm. in a ranking. And we had this, we said the same thing with folklore too. Like I remember you saying with folklore, the the sticky notes that you had, you were just like, all of these are four. They're just <laughs> all-, all in the same line. Yes, I feel like overall this album is very solid. Like there's a lot of there's a good amount of standouts, but like you said, the quality you just can't place one over the other. It's like they're just mm-hmm. equal, equal for different reasons. For me, I think like two, a couple of things that stood out was Ivy was impossible for me to place. Mm-hmm. It started really low. It shot up. It went back down low. It shot back up. Like it moved all over my rankings for five weeks before ending <laughs> right about where it started. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it started, which uh, is interesting. And if, and it still feels wrong. That's the other thing. It's like going through this. Like we were up really late last night talking through this trying to figure this out re-listening to the albums getting everything ready and it it's still like we still don't feel like we we still feel like this is our definitive ranking show but like it's just so hard with this album mm-hmm. it'll change again but in the future it's it's gonna change like it's just so hard because like all of these with all of these songs being of top quality it's just it's literally how are you in that mood because mm-hmm. like we were listening to i was listening personally there's a a spotify playlist that just puts all of them all all 34 songs together and my favorite song is the one i was listening to at that moment like that's just how it was like i even songs that i ranked very low i was like oh yeah this song is so good like mm-hmm. i really like this one part or blah 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 like i said i didn't have a lot of groundbreaking shifts the biggest drop from favorite to okay was nobody no crime that one fell like a rock yep same uh but the biggest and the biggest upward shift i think was cowboy like me which was still started just outside my top five but like it stayed pretty consistent after it shot up but i do remember like when i first heard that song I, it was very much a, i could probably skip this song and then i listened to kind of like gasoline i listened mm-hmm. to it again and i was like but wait there's a vibe here and I like I like what she's putting down on this one. Yeah, I think some of my big shakers included uh, tolerated champagne problems, where it either started low or high, did an inverse because I was appreciating other songs, and then ended pretty much back in the same spot it started off in. The Champag- only one, yeah, the Sorry, only one that had the same thing was just nobody, no crime for me. It, I think nobody, no crime had Betty syndrome. Mm-hmm. Like we, if you listen to our episode on folklore or like follow us on social media, like I mentioned a thing about Betty that like it's very much like ice cream, and like like I, I think my my exact thing was in peace was like a steak dinner, like it was very complex. There are a lot of different parts, and you had to take your time to enjoy it. And Betty is like ice cream, where it's it's very sweet, it's very easy. You know you like it on the first try. It's delicious. Mm-hmm. You want it. You crave it. Blah blah blah. But I will say for No Body, No Crime, I think it it has less intricate lyrics than Betty. Like, don't get me wrong. Both songs are absolute bops. But I still think about Betty. Right now, like, like the last time, right now is the last time I can think of, uh, I I could dream about what happens when you see my face again. Mm -hmm. It's still a lyric that just pops into my head occasionally and I can't get over it. I don't think there are any lyrics in No Body, No Crime that I'm drawn to like that. I think the big appeal with Nobody No Crime is it's just concept, the mm-hmm. song's concept in general, you know, being true crime related, having a friend in it, Himes in it. I think that's really the appeal of it, whereas Betty was just somewhat lyrical, also enjoyable and easy to listen to. Nobody No Crime is the fun song to listen to when it comes on, but mm-hmm. I no longer seek it out just to listen to it. But if I'm in that mood, then that's the perfect song you go for. Yeah. <laughs> Betty Betty was like it was that like bop song that you in a good mood you could listen to, but you could also cry to it because you can mm-hmm. relate to the the story that's being told. You can't really relate to the sto- <laughs> hopefully, you can't really relate to the story in Nobody No Crime. No. Um but yeah, those that's like my biggest fluctuation mm-hmm. and my biggest like change going through. Well, let's keep talking about flux then. So how many flux did you give about this album? So this is something that we came up with in our first like definitive rankings episode where I went through and I tracked I like I said we did a power rankings of every 
every uh, four, uh, four, four weeks, I think it ended at five, five mm-hmm. different power rankings throughout us listening to this album. And I was curious about how many times we changed our opinions on each song. And uh, I named them Fluctuations, and then as a joke, I named them Flux. So the amount of flux given for me on this episode or on this album for the entirety of uh, every song is 135. So I changed my opinion different spots 135 times. Yeah, so I did the same thing, but only 109 times, which is still over the 100 mark. But overall, we gave less flux than we did about folklore. Our opinions changed a lot more with that album, or a good amount more. I think I think for me in folklore, I fluxed uh, 147 times, and you okay. fluxed 107. So All right. I so we still we're staying consistent in that mm-hmm. I am way more indecisive than you are, or you just have a better ear and know what you like quicker than I do. But we definitely like seem to hone in a little bit more on this album than we did on folklore. Mm-hmm. And I think that that stands to exactly what we said, where this album just overall the quality is just easier to it's harder to move so we just didn't move them as much yeah so you give 26 more flux than me mm-hmm. um but yeah i mean our top number one songs did not change at all so go us for being decisive about something i'm so proud of that <laughs> and that's pretty much it when it comes to flux so if you want, we can move on to actually how our rankings forevermore ended up. All right, so now we're going to get into the part where we talk about how our friends and Reddit ranked Evermore. So we did this in Folklore as well. We went through and surveyed as many people who would take our text messages uh, and would talk to us about Evermore. Interestingly enough, it was less people than who would talk to us about Folklore. We surveyed 21 of our friends. Uh, like I said, we had less people rank these songs than we did Folklore. And I noticed something with my friends specifically. I don't know if you noticed the same thing. But a lot of my friends that aren't huge Swifties were, like, texting me a lot about Folklore. Like, very into it. Very ready to, like, give me a top five and everything. And that feels like they either hit, like, a fatigue of Taylor or something. Where, like, they just didn't care about Evermore nearly as much as they did about Folklore. Did you see that, too? 100%. So even people who were Swifties, like the people who ended up favoring Folklore to Evermore, uh, I'll shout out my friend Stefan here because she watches it and comments out loud about this podcast, which I love. She was saying, you know, I think Folklore is better because just the cultural impact of her surprise dropping an album that is not in her genre whatsoever. So Evermore still wasn't expected, but it's something that we've heard before. Like, I agree. I we've heard similar themes from folklore on Evermore. So that way, and she still loves Evermore, but it's just that now folklore was like the bigger punch. It's like, it's like folklore was the earthquake and Evermore was the aftershock. Yes. Like it's it, a great way to The put aftershock it. is still damaging and can still hurt, but the earthquake is the thing that really came out of nowhere and started the turmoil. Yes. I don't like that we're equating it to that, even though that was my... <laughs> I know, but it's a good metaphor. I don't necessarily... It's different impacts, but yes. Yeah. Similar uh, theme. So, so we, we're going to go through... I made up a bunch of graphs uh, explaining these. So the, we're going to talk about the most ranked songs. So to, in total, we had 75 ranks. 75 people put in uh, songs. The most ranked song, the one that most people put in their top fives, is Champagne Problems. So that appeared anywhere in their top five. As long as it appeared in their top five, Champagne Promise is the one that we saw most frequently. Ivy was the second one, which I think is really interesting because Ivy is one of those that like you don't see on many people's like favorites. Like I don't think even if we look through the data, I don't think Ivy was anyone's number one. I don't think so. It wasn't. Me... Oh, it was one of your friends number one. Okay. Is one of your friends, but in general, you just don't see it very commonly being a number one, Mm -hmm. but it's still, it's just everyone liked it enough to throw it somewhere on their top five. Uh, Number three was a tie between Gold Rush and Tis the Damn Season, which makes both of these podcast posts very happy. (laughs) 
Pats. Number four was a three-way tie between Happiness, Willow, and com- uh, Cowboy Like Me. And number five was a four-way tie between Tolerate It, Nobody, No Crime, Long Story Short, and Closure. So again, those all of those songs in that order showed up ex- more times on people's rankings than any other songs on the album. And that's 11 songs still. That's so 11. That, that's, that's taking your top five and trying to squish 11 songs into that top five. It's it's It just shows like how hard it is to really rank these songs. Now to go into how frequently they appeared at certain slots. So the uh, p- most people ranked their favorite song from the album, their number one song in the album, as Gold Rush. 26.7 shut up 26.7% of people said Gold Rush was their favorite song in the album uh, their second favorite song in the album the most common songs that showed up in this number two slot was Ivy Champagne Problems and Tis the Damn Season all tied at 20% Ivy is shocking to me but Champagne Problems and Tis the Damn Season seems par for the course I mm-hmm. think those make sense uh, number three was Cowboy Like Me Willow Champagne Problems again, and Gold Rush again. All tied at 13.3%. This one's really interesting. Number four slot was just straight up Ivy. Just most people put Ivy in their number four slot. I think that's really interesting. And then number five is Closure and Champagne Problems again, tied at 20%. Champagne Problems was in three of these. Yeah. Champagne Problems showed up so many times in people's favorites. Interestingly enough, not as much in the number one, but still like in number two, three, and five, very frequently. But that adds up. It was the most ranked song. It was the most chosen to be someone's somewhere in the top five. So it holds some weight. And I mean, similarly to Folklore, we see a good amount of ties, three-way ties a couple times two-way ties, which I guess is just a normal tie. Um, (laughs) Funny enough, the only song that is not in anyone's top five is Womp Womp, It's Time to Go. I can see that. I don't think that, like, like, I don't think that, like, ruins It's Time to Go's quality. Like, I think It's Time Mm -hmm. to Go is a great song, and it definitely grew on me the more I listened to it. It's just, it has a lot of things going against it. It's a bonus track. So, again, those people who aren't big Swifties, they had to wait two weeks or however long it was until she released the bonus tracks. And there are they going to come back for that if they're not big into Taylor? Makes sense. And then it was also overshadowed by Right Where You Left Me, which is, I'm sorry, just the better bonus track. Yeah. And, like, don't get, like, again, it's not a bad song. It's time mm-hmm. to go still bops i still like it i still listen to it but right where you left me was caught yeah i know right where you left me though hits a lot different yeah but so that's our friends our friends we surround ourselves with people who think similarly to us and who can compliment our our thoughts so let's look at reddit who you know unbiased just what were their opinion so every every time a new Swift record comes out, Reddit, the Taylor Swift subreddit, does a huge survey with a lot of very interesting data. If you aren't on Reddit or you haven't looked it up or you're just interested in data like I am, definitely go check them out. It's actually, I think they, they actually pin it in the top of the Reddit so you can see the Evermore and Folklore results from these surveys. But it is a lot of data. But we're going to focus on some top five. So... Almost 2,500 people were surveyed this time, which is actually down from folklore. I think last time they had like almost 5,000 people surveyed. Hmm. So interestingly enough, again, we're seeing that same drop off from folklore to evermore. People's number ones, people's favorite songs, top five is Nobody, No Crime. Number two is Willow. Number three is Champagne Problems. Number four is Gold Rush. And number five is Tis the Damn Season too low that that lines up exactly how i would expect i if i had to pick what i thought the general population's favorite top five songs in this album would be it would be those five yeah nobody no crime just the generic bop that like is very digestible and easy for anyone to listen to willow the single very easy champagne problems just like a much beloved song with an incredible bridge Gold Rush, much beloved. Tis the Damn Season, much beloved. Mm-hmm. 
that makes so much sense to me. We can go into the most hated songs. So the number five most not hated. unhated. That's, that's the, a strong word. That's a, that's a good point. The, mo- the, the ones that people didn't like on first listen uh, was number five is Dorothea. Number four was Happiness. Number three was Coney Island. Number two was Cowboy Like Me. And big shock. Number one is Closure. That's actually not a big shock because for people who don't appreciate that genre, I mean, it's a lot of people are going to be turned away because it doesn't sound anything like what she's done before. I can see that. I, mm-hmm. I've i in like a couple of different Taylor uh, Swift Facebook groups and like I just like kind of peruse and like see what people are talking about just to get like an idea. And Closure is probably one of the most divisive tracks from this album. I am very thankful that Devin got me to listen to, uh, listen to Charlie XCX before this album dropped and that I like actually was able to appreciate like a lot of the glitch pop that was in that because I didn't like glitch pop at all before it. And I might've mm-hmm. fallen in the camp of not liking closure, but yeah. It, and it, it's really, it's not even that glitch pop. It's mm. just like little tiny elements in it. So it's, for people I, who haven't heard it at all, it's a, it's a shock. It's like, whoa, what is this weird, the, like a weird time signature, weird kind of outburst? moments the, it's very it can be very distracting which i can understand the lyrics in the song insane like we we were texting last night listening to all of these songs and we we're just like sending each other lyrics that like we were just screaming uh and i, I know closure came on and i was screaming a couple at you mm-hmm. that i but like i said i see so i also see that with a lot of people i see a lot of comments saying they love the lyrics but they just can't get through the the beat the sounds and like the production mm-hmm. i can't fathom not liking this song i like every part of it's really good and i like that the the beat like keeps your attention for me but i can see it being jarring for some people cowboy like me i definitely thought i was gonna hate on the first time i listened to it it's just very slow it it very like there's not a lot of like upbeatness to it which like generally equates to me not liking a song but Jesus, if it doesn't grow on you like Ivy mm. uh, and never leave, like it just it really just shot up. And I really liked Cowboy Like Me a lot. Yeah. Cowboy Like Me and Ivy are like pretty neck and neck for me for different reasons. I can see that. But just like I can't really like one's always just like slightly above the other and it like flip flops depending on the mood. Which Depending on which one you're listening to. Like if you're listening <laughs> to Cowboy Like Me, that's your favorite. If you're listening to Ivy, that's your favorite. Like that's, yeah. I think that's like basically the calling card to this whole album. It's just whatever song you're listening to is your favorite. Mm-hmm. Which is insane. Like that's such a, it's such a brag. Coney Island, I think, is close to universally low on most people's radars. Some of our friends had it in their top five and really ranked it. I noticed a lot of those friends are really big fans of The National, which I think is why that happened. Uh, happiness, extremely, especially on this podcast, very divisive. It's so good. <laughs> I, I think it's a great song, and I was texting Devin about it last night, and she was yelling at me. There are just some decisions in the song that I just don't like as much and wish that she would have changed some things, but I understand why she did them. Yeah, and you're uh, entitled to your wrong opinions. Yeah, that's yeah, all right. Um, Dorothea, Dorothea. Sorry, go ahead. I was going to say Dorothea is a pretty common bottom song on mm-hmm. a lot of people's rankings, which I agree with. I, I think it sounds very, you know, it's a nice little like easy listening to song, but there's nothing that makes it pop out mm-hmm. at you. Yeah, like there's the like the only thing I can think of when I think of Dorothea is the Dorothea. Like I think mm-hmm. like that stands out, but like how much is that really gonna make a song stand out? Like you think of lyrics or the thing or closures production. Like those are things yep. that I'm gonna remember more than uh, a scoop at the end of a at the end of a name. So what do you think are on the results? Like of of both of, of bo- all the polls. Why do you think we found what we did? What I I think definitely with the Reddit one, it makes sense. I think when you get that large of a sample size group, that's really where you're going to see the radio hits and the casual versus non-casual Taylor Swift fans and how that all comes down to boil. So I think it, this is a pretty accurate 
depiction on what it looks like. And then when you get into our friends and even our rankings, you see how they all really differ except like a couple that are either pretty standard high or pretty standard low. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, so usually about here is where we would end this episode, but we have one quick thing to do afterward. Now we have two eras here two kind of two eras. We, we want to rank all 34 songs in the Folkmore era. Folklore. Which I am amazed we have not called it Folkmore more. Like, that mm-hmm. is such a great name. So, we asked, in addition to asking all the top fives, we asked all our friends, we asked our followers on Instagram, everyone, as much as, man, again, as many people who would bo- be, could be bothered to answer us, which album they liked more. And if this wasn't the most razor-thin margin... Mm-hmm. In the world, Devin, who won? So, Evermore versus Folklore. Which one was appreciated more? More Folklore. I hate you. I I took me so long to figure <laughs> out what you were doing. Folklore was vote. ranked more. Yeah, one vote. Like, I ran polls on my Instagram, on the podcast Instagram. My Instagram. All of them were just super close, like 50-something, 50 55, or 50 to, like, 50. It's just so close. And some of them were different. Some of them had Folklore more. Some of them had Evermore more. It's it's so interesting. Like, the percentage, 50.7% voted for mm-hmm. uh, Folklore and 49.3 for Evermore. Like, mm-hmm. it's... It's so funny because it, I like it because it just makes it makes you know there's no wrong answer. Mm-hmm. Like there, it is just they are perfect sister albums because it's just impossible to to really decipher between the two. Yeah, which I think I think is perfect. Like you can aspire to. Like it's how many times do you ask how good was this movie and then how good was the sequel and you get a fifty percent people voting for both. Like, not too too often if ever like the only time i could think of that and i've never seen it like the godfather part two is supposed to be better than the first one or mm. at least on par but it's just like very few sequels even live up to the first one let alone are seen as equals to the first well, one i am more of a shrek 2 gal myself so much it's such a better movie i'm sorry but yes so what do you think in terms of folklore versus evermore I easily prefer Evermore. Despite what Spotify says, I was looking through my Spotify today and I definitely listened to Folklore more than I lit Evermore in like my all time. But also I think Folklore was just out longer. Mm -hmm. Um, So that definitely contributes to it. But the main reason I think I prefer Evermore is just Tis the Damn Season. Like, obviously I love this song more than life itself. But... There just isn't a song that I like this much on Folklore. And, like, don't get me wrong. Peace was my number one for a very long time. And I really, really love and appreciate Peace. But I did not have Peace on repeat day and night like I do with Tis the Damn Season. Tis, I like Tis the Damn Season so much. It was somehow on statsforspotify.com my number one and number two most listened to song. I don't know how that happened. But... Yeah, like, that's how much I liked this song and how much I listened to it so much. Like, there are just times where, like, I would just put this song on repeat, forget that it's on, and just be singing constantly to it. Mm -hmm. And hearing that riff, it just sends me to another, like, to another planet. Just like, like, I just, I can't get over how much I like that song. And I just don't have that with any song on Folklore. All, don't get me wrong, I'm not saying any of the songs on Folklore are bad. I'm just saying, like, they aren't to the quality that, to me, Tis the Damn Season is. And I'm also not sick of it. Like, I get sick of things so quickly. I'll listen mm-hmm. to a song on repeat until I hate it. And that usually takes about a, maybe a week at most for a really good song. And this is going on months now. One thing I will say, my friend mentioned this, and I think it really, like, made sense to me. But... Folklore feels like a very, like, very teenage dream. Like, it's a very 
Obviously, the problems are very teenagers because we're talking about kids in high school. It just feels very high school. And then mm-hmm. Evermore feels more like mid-20s, early 30s with champagne problems, with like breaking off an engagement, with a, fall, uh, a love that's been going on so long that you no longer like each other and you fall apart, with someone who you adore who just doesn't like you back. Like all of these, with murder, like all of these, all of these topics are just very much more mature topics than... Um, the love triangle in high school that you see or like things like along those lines. Mm-hmm. And I think for me, someone who's in their mid twenties, it's just more relatable and they just hit home more than they do with folklore. And that just might be another reason why I gravitate towards it. If I was in high school right now, I can see gravitating towards folklore more. Mm-hmm. So for me, I struggled with this a lot, and I'm still changing my mind constantly. And folklore has such high standouts. Like, the highs on folklore are high. But over overall, I think that Evermore is just the better album. The better all-encompassing album. Because even if you look at our top 10, which we'll get into in a second, my top 10 is split evenly five songs five songs both albums like that's how razor sharp the margins are for me but when you get down into the meat of the album i think that i just appreciate evermore a little bit more than i do folklore i think that's that's how i kind of feel too is like yeah the top songs on both albums are both amazing but when Mm -hmm. you get to like the songs that you don't consider the best songs those songs on Evermore are better than those songs on Folklore. Before we get into listing out our top 10 songs, I just want to point out a really interesting point. So your top song is from Evermore. Mm -hmm. My top song is from Folklore. And then immediately our second song flops. It goes to the other album. I I do love... Actually, it does that three times. Uh, You just... You literally candy caned it. Flip, flop, flip, flop, flip, flop, flip, flop, 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 flop. Mine, mine. I have one folklore in my top five. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it, it's very interesting, and also just like I noticed, my top, my my rankings for folklore changed dramatically since the since the def- <laughs> the quote unquote <laughs> definitive rankings we did yeah. months ago. But what we're gonna do is we're gonna give you our top ten uh, from the folklore era. Don't worry if you want to see all thirty four. We just don't want to read out. 64 rankings to you guys that doesn't sound like good quality content if you would like to see the entirety of our rankings we're going to post them on our social media they should probably be active now by the time this episode is up and you guys are listening to it so definitely go check out and make sure to tell us why we're wrong <laughs> probably so um, tell you me your top first. 10 oh, oh you okay. want me to go first? go first no you go first you go first okay i'll go first so i'm gonna do album and then title of the song so my number one song was from folklore it's august i am an august head through and through like jack antonoff says and in true august augusty august head fashion my number two song from evermore is gold rush makes sense you just like gravitated towards the jack in in these uh in these albums Then we get to number three, off of Folklore, again flip-flopping, is My Tears Ricochet. Still cannot get over that song. Then my number four... You sent me so long of you just singing along to that song. Like, you sent me such a long snap, I was like, oh, it's over. Nope. (laughs) Nope. Keeps going. My number four song, Flipping Back to Evermore, Tis the Damn Season. Number five, Flipping Back to Folklore, Peace. Number six, Flipping Back to Evermore, Happiness. Then we get for the first time, Flipping Back to Folklore, Illicit Affairs at six or seven, and then Cardigan at number eight. And then flopping back over to Evermore for the last two is Long Story Short and Right Where You Left Me. That is my top ten. I I love that your nine and ten are both Speak Now songs. (laughs) that that's really interesting to me uh yeah like i i think it's so fascinating you you really stuck to your guns on folklore because Mm -hmm. a lot of your songs on folklore are match what you said in your last one i really sold out 
and my opinions on folklore. Um, no, number one being, so my number one, of course, tis the damn season. Like I said, I have not stopped talking about it since it came out. I will wear a sandwich board and walk around on the side of the road telling people to listen to this song. So my number one is tis the damn season from evermore. My number two does flip, uh, to folklore, but it's not peace, which was my number one for a very long time. And I'm actually just going to listen to Spotify and say, and just admit it, even though I don't want to. But the one is my favorite song from folklore. It's just so crazy. It's so good. It's such a bop. I always feel great listening to it. Like it, it just hits every time. And it's, I'm tired of pretending like it doesn't like, it's so hard. Like I hate going with the mainstream, but sometimes the mainstream is just right. And the one is just a phenomenal song. Uh, my number three from, we're going back to a long list of evermore is champagne problems, which Literally last night at 1 a.m. I decided, yeah, no, this song is just too good not to put up higher. Like Champagne Problems fluctuated a lot for me, getting as low as like I think 10 in my rankings, and now it's just it's it's just it's hard to it's hard to put it past. Like the the lyrics, the bridge, the content of the song is just so good. The only gripe I have is the way she says Champagne Problems. Like that's the only gripe I have on the song. Everything else is phenomenal. Then we go to Cowboy Like Me on Evermore. Like I said, I've been talking about that all uh, all episode. Number five, Right Where You Left Me on Evermore. I, I just love this song so much. I love the Speak Now vibes. Taylor, if you could tweet out three purple hearts, I'd be really excited. Just please do that for me. Uh, number six is actually Gold Rush. It dropped a lot. Gold Rush was... was pretty consistent in being my number two song on this album for a while but like i don't know i mean it does the same thing i guess august did where it's just i don't understand it in the way that you do Mm. so it just it it just flopped a little bit for me we go back to folklore for a couple here we go to cardigan and august for seven and eight respectively again these are just like the popular songs cardigan like I'll tell you exactly why I put Cardigan so high because I was listening to Cardigan the other day, but I was like doing that thing we mentioned in the last episode where we're listening to it, but we're not really paying attention. And then the leaving like a father just cut through everything I was doing. And I just stopped and looked and I was just like, uh, like <laughs> just like started to cry. Like, yeah. So Cardigan had to go higher for me and it is the single I, I hate going with the mainstream because i'm such a hipster but yeah cardigan is just really great august we talked a lot about august it's it's impossible not to love it and then my last my rounding it out is two more evermore songs closure and long story short i i have of course i have to have another speak now song in long story short and closure just it's just so unique the lyrics really hit home. And we were talking about closure a little bit the other day, how like there we have mentioned multiple theories about this song and all of them seem viable. And that's insane to me. So I just want to point out without listing the other 30 something songs in our rankings. First off, your top 10 only has three songs from folklore. Yep. That's so interesting to me. So that really shows that you like folk uh like evermore a lot more but then when we look at my rankings past number 10 so starting with number nine we have this long list of just one two three four five six seven evermore songs broken up then two folklore four evermore and then you get most of folklore back in so it's pretty much split from my top 10 and wow. then instantly evermore a couple folklore that i really like then folklore and then the couple evermore that i don't like and then coney meanwhile island. yours and then coney island and then yours is pretty pretty evermore heavy at the beginning and then you have like you just do groupings like yeah. you have four songs from folklore little interjection of evermore back and forth for a little bit and then good amount of evermore good amount of folklore evermore folklore it's just like yeah. you you really group them together which i find so interesting it's, like, it's funny too because like we were talking about it last night like peace is like on 13 for me which was like my number one de facto best song but it's under the lakes now for me mm. like it's just like the my appreciation for different songs on folklore have drastically changed since listening to evermore and yeah, like it's it isn't it is really interesting to point out. Like I like I love how clean yours is. It's just very much clearly evermore at the top, 
folklore at the bottom. Well, it's so interesting because I feel like we flip flop mm-hmm. in terms of. So my top ten is very indecisive, and then the rest of it is very decisive. Yours, I feel like, is very decisive at the top, and then yours is indecisive at the bottom for groupings. It, for me, like it's interesting. So the the first ten percent of ours, I'm very f- uh, evermore. You're very mm-hmm. mixed color. Mm-hmm. For the next ten, I'm decisively folklore. And you are decisively evermore. And then the bottom 10 were... I'm more mixed. Like, let me see. Mm-hmm. The bottom... I It's still more folklore than evermore. But... Enough. It's, that's so interesting. Yeah, I love this data. I love I love reading this. Um, so that is our, our rankings. Like I said, we'll put the full 34 for each of us. Our our Instagram this week we're gonna post our our final rankings for Evermore just just Evermore our full rankings for Evermore and uh, folklore. If you guys have opinions on that, if you guys have, are we wrong in our top ten? Do you think that we really we really sold out and changed our favorite songs? Uh, what are your favorite songs? Uh, Please be sure to let us know if you like what you heard in this episode, please be sure to give us an, a review on Apple Podcasts. A five-star rating and a written review really helps us show, uh, grow this podcast and continue to gather more listeners. If you have a friend that really likes Taylor Swift, be sure to tell them about us and have them come over and listen as well. And make sure to follow us on social media, subscribe to our YouTube channel if you want to see our faces when we talk about this. Uh, we are at We Need to Calm Down podcast on pretty much everything. And if you go to our YouTube, make sure to subscribe. We passed 100 subscribers a little bit ago, and we're just trying to keep that train a chugging. If you guys have a suggestion for an episode, be sure to drop us a comment or a DM. We love hearing from you guys, and a lot of those episodes get made. We have a large bank that we're looking to get through of episodes that you guys recommended. So thank you guys for sending those in. And then aside from that, thank you so much for listening to the We Need to Calm Down podcast. We will see you on March 16th, every other typical Tuesday at the moment. Until then, come back. We'll be here.